Shendell and her fiancé, Dale, were exploring the Oregon coast when he lost his footing. As Dale fell to his death, Shendell cried out, Please, God, help me. She then said that at that moment she was immediately surrounded by a cloud of angels 400 feet above the ocean. She described it as a whiteness all around, and she could almost hear their singing. Actually, steadied by the angels, she was able to climb down the otherwise impassable 400-foot cliff to the body of her fiancé. Eileen Freeman tells a news reporter that she was going to visit a friend in bad part of New York City. Just as she was about to enter her friend's apartment building, she felt a hand on her shoulder, but no one was there. Then she heard a voice. It said, it's not wise to go in there now. And she ran across the street, went into a church. When she came out minutes later, she found the apartment complex surrounded by police. A woman had been murdered in an elevator. Eileen is absolutely convinced that she had been visited by an angel. Something amazing is happening. In your notes, people are turning on to spiritual things. People all across the country are turning on to spirituality. As one writer from Newsweek magazine puts it, if you believe at all in opinion surveys, more of us will pray than will go to work or will exercise. Spirituality is hot. You can see it just by looking at the bestseller lists. Books are like Embracing the Light, Soulmates, books about angels, near-death experiences, dominate the charts. TV shows like The Other Side and a special show dealing with the miraculous feed our fascination with that supernatural. Classes and seminars on the West Coast on how to discover your angel are packing people in. And even the recovery movement has taken on spiritual qualities. In a recent poll, in your notes, it was discovered that 60% of all Americans believe in angels. 60%. And in your notes, that 67% of all Americans have some ESP experiences. 67% have had some psychic experiences. And also, in your notes, 43% of all Americans believe that they have been in contact with someone who has died. Entertainment Weekly magazine writes this. In a year when TV airways on some networks are fluttered with winged spiritualists, the bestseller lists are clogged with divine manuscripts and visions of the afterlife, and the gangster rappers are elbowed aside on the pop charts for the hushed prayers of the Benedictine marks. You don't have to look hard to find that pop culture is going gaga for spirituality. Thus says Entertainment Weekly. This point is this, in your notes. Americans are hungering for some kind of spiritual light. For example, angelology, New Age movement, Eastern religions, astrology. Before answering the question, which light do we embrace, it might be helpful to look for a few reasons behind. The current fascination with spirituality and the supernatural. 
So we're going to look at five reasons behind this fascination this morning. Number one in your notes, the first reason why people are interested in spiritual matters, because people are disillusioned with science. People are disillusioned with science and technology. Since World War II, we have been living in a technology-based society. For a while, we believed that science and technology, they would solve all of our problems. Some TV series like Persons of Interest still want you to believe that it can be. We expect them to cure all disease, to eliminate all poverty, put an end to all war. And that certainly didn't happen. Technology does not provide the miracle cure for life's problems that we had hoped for. One article on angels states this. Over the centuries as scientific thinking came to the forefront of our society, belief in angels, they fell out of favor. But nowadays, people want to get back in touch with the spiritual component. Logic, it seems, offers too little comfort when economic and social conditions seem so harsh. In your notes number two, the second reason that people long for spiritual experiences is that people are tired of the mundane. Life seems too routine and mundane. We go to work, we come home and make dinner. We try to relax, get caught up on the housework, we go to bed. And we wake up and start the routine all over again. Our daily lives seem to lack excitement. But along with that, in your notes, number three, a third reason that people long for spiritual experiences is that people are searching for meaning in life. As many move into mid-age, they're wondering how they can live life with significance and purpose. As young people move into adulthood, they too are wondering how to build a life that counts. And many, just to fill that need for meaning, are turning to spirituality. See, people are also finding that they can only accumulate so much stuff, and that ultimately, no matter how much stuff they have, it is never enough. Stuff does not satisfy and give meaning to life. So they're looking for something spiritual that does, some kind of spiritual experience that can spice up their lives. Number four in your notes. The fourth reason for a fascination with spirituality that people are looking for relief from the chaos of life. Many people perceive life as being out of control. History seems to be an endless series of large-scale surprises and threats, assassinations, war in the Middle East, from Watergate and other government corruptions, bombings, terrorist attacks. There's a series that life is, there's a sense that life is beyond our control today. So to bring some sanity, people are looking beyond themselves to some spirituality for answers. They're looking for comfort, looking for relief in what can be a very cruel world. In your notes number five, the fifth reason why people are turning to spirituality is because people are looking for answers, answers about death, about their own mortality. Books about angels and out-of-body experiences and miracles give people the hope that perhaps death is not the end, but a doorway to a new and a better life. Spirituality helps people deal with the fears of death. People are looking for answers about death. And the bottom line is that we all hunger for something that makes sense out of our lives, something that will give life meaning. And we are finding that that hunger can only be satisfied through getting in touch with the supernatural. Yes, embracing the light of spirituality. See, it was the Apostle Paul on Mars Hill in Athens 
who stood up in a meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Anthems, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. And as in Paul's days, we can also thank God that he has cleared the way through all the confusion, through so many so-called lights of spirituality, inviting us to follow them. So look at John 8, verse 12, where Jesus speaks to a group of people during an important religious holiday for the Jews. This particular holiday celebrated the great exodus of the Jews, the event where Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. And during their 40-year journey to their new land, God walked before them as a pillar of fire. During the darkest of times, the Israelites knew that God was with them, to love them, to care for them, to guide them, because of that pillar of light. Whenever the light moved, they followed it. And eventually God led them to their new home. Now as the Jews were celebrating that great event, that pillar of light in the Old Testament, Jesus stood up then and said something that was really amazing. Jesus said to them, and he also says to us, I am the light of the world. Look at John 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, Jesus is saying that in me, you will have a light that will give you eternal life. So Jesus is the light of the world. This is an amazing statement for the Jewish people and also for us today. Look at the way Jesus speaks. In essence, Jesus is saying that I own no other, I alone am the light of the world. In your notes, Jesus claims to be the only light to follow. And all others are dead ends. In fact, Jesus is saying to us, if he is not the only light, then there is no light at all. But Jesus did more than just claim to be the light. In your notes, Jesus demonstrates that he is the light with his miracles. Jesus gives light to the blind by opening their eyes. Jesus gives light to the discouraged by giving them hope. Jesus gives light to the hungry by feeding them. Jesus gives light to the sinful by forgiving them. See, Jesus demonstrates he is the light for the world. And thirdly, Jesus ultimately proves. He proves it by dying on the cross and rising again. Jesus proves that he is the light of the world by dying on Calvary's cross and rising from the dead on Easter morn. His resurrection validates his claim to be the light of the world. More than that, Jesus' resurrection ensures each of us that Jesus can be light in our lives today. A couple of surveyors were sent to remote mountains to map the terrain. Every day they would walk in the hills. Every night they would return to their camp. And frequently they were joined by an old shepherd who enjoyed the companionship around their fire. One day the shepherd insisted that he join the surveyors so they would not get lost. The surveyors thanked him but said they could manage on their own. But the shepherd insisted that he come along. The surveyors were rather confused. They told the shepherd that they knew the area pretty well. After all, they now had a map of the area. The shepherd responded by saying, but there is no fog on your maps. The next day, the surveyors headed out without the shepherd. 
Soon a thick fog settled in. The surveyors were lost. And they walked for hours, getting nowhere. And near the end of their rope, the shepherd appeared out of nowhere and led them home to the fog. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, he invites us to follow him through the fog of life. For as the light, he alone. He alone can lead us through the chaos of life to peace and safety. He alone can walk with us through the meaningless of life to purpose. Jesus can even carry us as the good shepherd to the valley of death to eternal life. Vince Lombardi, the great football coach of the Green Bay Packers, once shared the advice that he gave to all of his running backs. Once they had learned all the plays, once they knew all the signals and each detail of the game plan, Lombardi reminded his running backs that once they had the ball, they only had time to think of one thing. And that one thing was run to daylight. Jesus Christ invites us to run to daylight. If you're hungering for meaning, for significance in your life, Jesus invites you to run to light, to run to him, because he is the light of the world. So number one, Jesus is more than, in your notes, more than a chance, supernatural encounter. Jesus is more than a principle that leads us to success. Jesus is more than a system for recovery. Jesus is our living Savior who invites us to live in a daily and a personal relationship with him through faith. See, Jesus is the light of the world. Number two in your notes, Jesus is the light that heals our hurts. On the back of your notes, look at Isaiah 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Look also at Deuteronomy 31. The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Jesus is the light of the world. Number three in your notes, Jesus is the light that gives hope. Look at 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into what? A living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Number four in your notes, Jesus is the light that fills us with meaning. In the book of Acts, Paul talks about the meaning and the purpose of his life. Look at Acts 20, verse 24. However, Paul writes, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only claim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. See, Jesus is the light of the world. Number five in your notes, Jesus is the light that forgives sin. Look at Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And the Apostle Paul assures us, looking at Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, in trusting faith, you're invited to embrace the light of Christ. Be assured that he is your friend, 
your Savior. For when you walk with Jesus each day, you need no other light. You will never walk again in darkness. Amen.